Hi, I'm Michael Primrose and this is the Property Finance Podcast. If you have an interest in growing your property portfolio, have experience in development, or you're just looking at starting out, then this could be the podcast for you. We talk all things property finance, we look at products, strategy, and more. So keep listening and check out some of our other episodes to make sure that you're up to date with all things property finance. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Property Finance Podcast. In today's episode, Adam Powell has a chat with Amjad Ibn Abdul from Petuscan Capital. They take a look at the current bridging finance market, the main challenges for developers, how developer exit works, new products, and much more. Hi, I'm Adam Powell. I'm uh, Head of Business Development over at the Property Finance Collective. Uh, I'm joined here by Amjad uh, Ibn Abdul. Yep, that's right. I've got that. I've got, going it, right. I've got it right. Uh, who uh, works for uh, one of our panel lenders, uh, bridging lenders, uh, uh, Tuscan Capital. Uh, he's been in the industry well, a good many years. Yeah. And um, we invited him to come along here and just sort of give us some insight uh, with regards to uh, bridging finance um, benefits to the developers and property investors looking to move into move into that sort of space. Um, Good to see you, buddy. It's 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 refreshing to do this face to face. Oh, 100%. Thank you for thank you for the invite. Thank you for having us. Absolute pleasure. Uh, it's great not doing it on a Zoom call. <laughs> uh, I think just to get straight into it. It's fair to say that you know the, there have been some challenges over the last eighteen months. It's affected everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, but but first of all, what have the effects been on on sort of the, the bridging lenders as you see it? Um, Insofar as in terms of you know how, how, what happened when the, when, the, when the lockdown first happened and the pandemic ensued, what what happened and, and sort of the changes now now that we're coming out of it, what, how do you how do you see the bridge market now? Well, it was a bit bizarre to be honest with you because just before lockdown, as you know, there were a fair few new lenders coming coming to the market, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit, and some of the more experienced lenders who have been you know lending for a good number of years had to stop accepting new business, um, funding lines were put on hold, you know, they, they took a, a, a more risk-adverse approach, you know, thinking, okay, how, because nobody knew how long the pandemic was going to be around, um, if, we, if we had a, I suppose, if we had a crystal ball, everyone would have been happy, but yeah, it was, it was a bit, it was funny, if that's the right way to put it, you know, for like this, so many new lenders came to the market, you know, at the start of at the start of the year, and then a couple of months later, we were all hit with lockdowns, face masks, you know, <laughs> inquiries for you know for as long as long as our arms, and all of a sudden that pipeline that we had slowed, slowly disappeared because you know lenders had to put on hold a new business, borrowers deciding not to proceed, um, developers a perfect example not being able to you know be on site. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was definitely a challenge. Um, it definitely put a, definitely put a perspective on on, on on life and in the industry as in the sense that any, anything can happen um, literally literally overnight. So yeah, there's been some definitely been some challenges. Well, for me personally, you know, I was I was made redundant because of the pandemic. Um, but you know, fortunately, I, I was able to bounce back with. Know, with joining a, a commercial lender before joining Tuscan Capital, so I was one of the fortunate ones. Mm. Um, but you know, there are peers that you know were not as fortunate 
as me. Um, but as you know, as I think once the lockdown was slowly lifted in April, uh, it, would, it, it picked up very much straight away. You know, with stand due to holiday being extended to the end of June, you know, lenders were talking about business back up to levels pre-COVID. Um, so it's definitely been a roller coaster with the ups and downs. But you know, looking at the performance in the last you know nine months, um, I can comfortably say we're we're coming out the other end of it. Do you, think do you think there's a semblance of normality returning now? A hundred percent. I think you know since you know since being able to, like like you just said, being able to have this conversation face to face. You know, being at the NACFB Expo last week. You know, which was it, it's been the biggest that they've had because. I think everyone would just, you know, have that feeling of normality and just being able to see everybody, you know, face to face, that interaction. And for me, definitely, you know, being out on the road again, you know, going just, you know, just going, just going for a drink with your brokers and just having a general old natter and not have to sit in front of the computer screen and looking at your Zoom countdown saying you've only got two minutes left, kind of thing. So yeah, I think we are um, heading to a sense of. Uh, normality, definitely. I, I have noticed that some of the, the trade press that there's a certain amount of relaxation in criteria and yeah. certain rates seem to be a great way of going out at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely a, I like, as I like to call it, a race to the bottom. Um, I think, you know, blenders are trying to make up for some of the business that they probably had lost during the lockdowns. Um, but I think, you know, if you're focusing just on rates, um, then you know it is, it's going to get to a point where when when do you stop dropping rates? Which is, um, which is which is you know when it comes to lenders, obviously they're just going to be biting into their own profit. But I guess for developers and property investors, it's now, now's the time to take a look at bridging because if the rates are that low, you know, it's it's they can only benefit from that. Yeah, and I suppose with for, for developers and brokers as well, I think it also comes down to doing your research on those lenders is key. Um, because what you find, you know, those, those, you know, those very low rates are for your vanilla transactions. You know, there can't be a single wrinkle in in that inquiry. And as soon as you see that little bit of a crease, that that rate suddenly can disappear very, very quickly. Um, and I suppose the other thing as well for me definitely is I've always been driven by, you know, relationships providing, you know, a, an excellent service for brokers to come back. For me, it's not always been about trying to get business because of rates. It's also being about being able to deliver. Um, and I suppose for those for those lenders that are offering those very low rates, they're going to be inundated with business and there is going to be an impact on you know service most definitely. You know, especially when you've got clients that are looking to move quickly. Well this is it, you know, if especially if you've got developers who are, you know, looking or, or new investors who are looking to move into uh, the investment market, they're going to be looking at, you know, stuff that they can buy below market value, auction purchase, stuff that comes with a very sensitive time scale. Um, and yes, you know, rates is, is key. You know, as a, as a new investor or developer, it's all about the profit you're going to make at the end of it. Um, but at the same time, if you're, if you can't, if your lender can't deliver in the, in those timescales required, it can actually work out to be a little bit more expensive, especially if you're buying from an auction. You know, you've paid a 10% deposit, you know, you've got, you know, four weeks, 56 days, whatever it may be, and you get to the 57th day and the auction house says, sorry, you haven't completed, then it can work out to be a little bit more expensive. So I think, you know, yes, there is a rate war, um, but I think uh, when looking at the lenders 
to go to, it's looking at what they can deliver across the board, not just the rating itself. So the, the, the bridging market had their own challenges, obviously adapting to, to um, obviously the, the roller coaster that we all experience. Yeah. As far as developers are concerned, if we just look at uh, the, a lot of the clients that we deal with, which are the, the property developers, um, and ones obviously you come across on a day-to-day -day basis, um, what are the main challenges that you see that, that they're experiencing over the last well, at least 12 months anyway? I suppose, I suppose the challenge that they had is not having the time scales to finish those developments. As you know, um, when they take out a loan, they have a set, you know, 18 months, 24 months that they have to deliver that project and also refinance uh, that development loan away, whether if they are selling the property, whether if they're going to use another lender as a developer exit, um, whatever the end exit strategy may be. Time has not been on their side, unfortunately, with the lockdowns, um, not being able to be on site. Obviously, then, um, then when the market opened up again, everyone's got very busy. Then there was shortage on materials, etc. So it's been it's been tough for developers, and I think one of the struggles was one of the bigger things that we've definitely seen is um, isn't time not being on their side. So overrunning on their development. Um, some lenders have been very supportive by extending, yeah. extending, extending their uh, the facility. Some lenders, unfortunately, haven't been able to um, for, for various reasons. So there was, I, I definitely saw uh, quite a few refinance, part completed refinances coming across, almost as you can call it the finish and exit if you want to, various, various names for it. But I think definitely time was not on their side. That was a huge factor and then also Supply against demand. Once the once the market opened again, all these every developer wanted right. Let's get it done. And I, I noticed that the, the material costs went up by about 10-15 percent. They talked about it. I think it still went up even more. Yes, yeah. Which again impacts on uh, cost overruns. Hundred percent, and and that's why that's why it's key for developers to have a good, strong contingency built in because you just don't. Just don't know what's going to happen, um, and with materials going up, um, that obviously eats in, it's eating into their profits. Because when 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 approaching a development finance lender, you know they have an expectation for the developer to make a certain profit, whether that's 15, 20, 25 percent. As soon as cost overruns incur, those those you know profits disappear very very quickly. Um, they're sort of corporate rock and hard places. Whilst the costs are going up, they need to complete as they want to complete as quickly as possible to get yeah. into it. Um, and you know, if the labour isn't there, for example, then they're, they're struggling. But I know that, that some of our clients have they've had to adapt and change very rapidly, even by you know, as far as cash flow is concerned, they yeah. get a lot more of the materials and so you know, pretty much up front. Um, but uh, have you found that? Um, um, a lot of the developers that you deal with over at Tuscan, have they, uh, a lot of them adapted, the ones that you've seen, that yeah. sort of changes? Yeah, they've definitely have had to adapt in regards to, you know, cash flow is the most crucial one, because whilst, you know, whilst they aren't developing the site, you know, interest is still being applied to their loans. Um, so their yeah, cash flow is definitely one. So we've seen some come back you know, for additional funding, whether that be ex us ex refinancing the existing facility, um, whether that be, you know, looking at other assets that they own. Um, 
to uh, to, re- to release some uh, liquidity for them. Um, well, that, that that leads us on to um, you know what bridging might be able to do for those property developers that might be in facilities, loan facilities already, um, where they might be coming to the to come to the end of that facility, and they're, they're, they've got probably two options available. One, the lender isn't going to extend it for them because they're not able to. Yeah. Two, yes, they can extend it, but at a, at a rather heavy cost yes. to them. Um, and that's the, so we're, we're, we are starting to see sort of more um, inquiries about you know bridging. And there, are, there, are, there are two. As we see it, there are sort of two types of um, um, sort of. Bridging facilities or, or loan types that, that seem to be popping up again and again. So that's the sort of the development exit, yes. straight development exit, yeah. um, and those sort of finish and exit uh, products. So, um, just briefly describe how, the, how those two products sort of work in, in essence in, in a nutshell. As with, with with the developer exit, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory in the sense that the the scheme is finished, the houses are built. Um, Unfortunately, they're, they're coming to the end of the development finance. So what, what they end up doing is, is refinancing, refinancing the development loan onto a bridging loan just to um, allow them to, you know, that additional time that they may have lost because of, because of the pandemic to, to, sell, to sell the properties if that's their extra strategy. Um, different lenders have their own interpretation of, of developer exit. Some require a hundred percent complete with practical completion certificate. Yeah. Um, for Tuscan Capital, we we can can take a view on you know whether if, if the practical completion certificate is is readily available. Um, it will depend on each lender and their own appetite and how far they are away from from practical completion. Um, and then finishing exit is. Um, is that one step before development exit? It's it's where the the subject properties could be wind and water tight, uh, but you know they've got first fix or second fix bathrooms, kitchen may need to go in, but unfortunately they may have had cash flow issues with their existing lender. They may have overrun on time, so they have to refinance that debt away from their existing provider. So the finishing exit allows allows them to refinance. The, the existing that they have, but also release additional additional uh, cash for for them to finish finish the scheme. I think that um, uh, if we just talk about the benefits here, I mean, for, for the main one, obviously, that we're seeing is um, apart from coming to the end of their term, that's that's usually the trigger point anyway. Yeah, but it just gives them more time for, to, to to get them on the market and get them sold. It just buys more time. That's, that's one big benefit. Um, uh, as well, well how do you, what other benefits do you see? Um, I think that's why it's so crucial. I think that's why it's so crucial to make sure you're choosing the right lender, um, because um, at the end of the day, with the with the way the world has been the last eighteen months, we understand you know situations developers have fallen into. So it's understanding um, their current situations, how they've come to where they are, and, and supporting um, supporting them to make sure you know that they that they don't default, they don't lose their scheme, so, worst, worst case scenario. So it's, it's providing that support. And I come back to what I mentioned earlier, it's not, it's not just about the rates, it's about the relationship. And I've, I've definitely found that if you support your brokers, if you support your developers, 
they will always remember that first before the rate that was charged um, because you've shown you know you've shown flexibility um, and you've shown assistance. So that for me has always been crucial. I, I think that the um, there are various ways of structuring development funds, but I think also that there's I think a more of a willingness these days uh, amongst bridging lenders, including Tusker, uh, to work with developers because they know what they've gone through. They yeah. appreciate that you know, it's not their fault. They were at uh, the mercy of the, of the market and obviously what we've all been through. Yeah. So, um, well, as, as, as lenders, we have been through a similar situation, but in a different scenario. Yes, they've they've had you know development their lot their developments overrun, but we have we've had loans that have run past term um, because of the pandemic. So as lenders, yes, we've been in similar scenarios, uh, similar situation, but a completely different scenario. Um, so yeah, we, we feel their pain. Um, and I, I, I can definitely say at Tuscan Capital, we always try and support our intermediaries and our, our, our borrowers where we can to make sure, you know, that the, the deal continues to progress. Yeah. And the, um, we, we, well, at the Property Finance Collective, we have a, a wide range of um, developers um, that, that, that come to us. And some have got tons of experience and some have got a little bit of experience, especially those property investors that are sort of moving into that development space and maybe doing some conversions and what yeah. have you. Um, in your experience, are you finding that um, is, is there still an appetite for um, uh, developer uh, for development exit products um, by Tuscan, for example, uh, for those that have got limited experience in the development space? Yeah, so from an experience point of view, we, we look at developers who have done a similar scheme of, of at least two to three times. So we don't ask, you know, five, ten schemes to justify them as experience. We look at, you know, first thing we look at, yes, how many schemes they've done themselves. If they've done less than three or less than two, then we're like, hey, who are your team? Um, you know, it's sometimes it's not just about the individual who's borrowing the money; it's about the team that they have around with, around them. So, you know, they have they may have a great architect, a great project manager, and a and, and a great contractor. Um, and they they may have the they may have the management experience of being able to put a, a strong, effective team together, but not have the experience as being a developer themselves. So it comes back to. Uh, the, the the lender's appetite and their experience and you know what steps do they take to try and get the deal done before before they say actually no it's not one for us so it can, it, 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 it's a combination of both for Tuscan we will look yes we will look at the individual to start with um, and if they don't quite tick the experience box for us then we will look and say right who are your team um, and who are you surrounded by for this conversion or this development to be completed. And the, um, I think that's the, the, the other whilst, whilst we've got these types of exit products there, do you see any more innovative products coming out in the near future, do you think? Yes, yes. So at Tuscan, we've got a couple of um, products in the pipeline, um, you know, because it is, like I said, there are so many lenders out there doing various different things. We're looking at um, new technology to help streamline our process. Um, and to make it, you know, more effective, um, there are we're looking at more innovative products to help, you know, first-time developers that don't quite tick the developer experience box, but you know, can take a, a slightly different product 
that like, like a revolving credit facility as an example where you know we can take secure over their existing assets and allow them to have a, a drawdown facility um, to, to get them on that experience ladder. Um, so we are looking at various products and I think you know to, to stay in the market now with so many lenders um, you have to look the innovation is definitely key technology is definitely one um, and, and products is the other um, so we, we can't just be a short-term lender anymore we have to be a specialist finance provider and we are looking at um, additional products I think the, the question I often got asked um, back in the day, and it's one which would still be asked now, is uh, how quickly, and for the benefits of those that, don't, that, that do development finance, uh, uh, taking out development finance and, and thinking, you know, okay, this sounds like a, to suddenly switch lenders, uh, that sounds like a real pain to do that, and, but also the time tends to be against them as well. Yeah. How quickly can bridging finance be sorted? <laughs> that is a very tricky question. Um, it's a question that we get asked by brokers all the time. How quickly can you complete? Clients, um, clients ask us all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's one of those. But I suppose it, the key key driver is borrower's motivation. That's a key driver because one thing we we've definitely found, and I know that you found yourself, is the delays are are caused by legal work um, and and some and also turnaround on valuations um, so it's always key to have good strong relationships with the valuers especially if you've got an urgent case you can always pick up the phone to the valuers you know we've got this asset we need you to value it however these are time sensitivities um, so that's always key um, and then also you know proactivity from from the borrower and, the, and their legal team one thing we've found is that once our legal team as a lender issue, you know, the initial inquiries and requests an undertaking. We found that um, the the borrower or their solicitors aren't as forthcoming as we'd like to provide the undertaking. Um, and we find that it's because they're collating all the information together for, for our inquiries. Um, and we say, send us the undertaking, send us the responses as and when you get them, because if you collate all of it, 100% there's going to be further inquiries that are going to come off the back of that and that's where we find the delay it's when it gets that that initial legal stage of us sending our initial inquiries and requesting the fee undertaking as soon as we've got that it suddenly turns very very turn things turn around very very quickly so it's just that initial gap I, I, would, I, would, I would say that, that, that you're right once you've got a, a motivated borrower which, which a lot of developers if they're Facing those sorts of challenges, that they totally will be motivated. Sorting out the finances is pretty pretty easy. It's when I often ask um, uh, clients to make sure that when they appoint a solicitor, ask the solicitor that they've actually whether they've done bridging before, because that's speed. Speed is of the essence. Yeah. Sometimes the solicitors can, uh, if they haven't done bridging before, that that can cause a little bit. Yeah, you get two you get two scenarios. So when it's a a new inquiry. Um, then yes, it's crucial to make sure that um, you know the, the the borrower is using an experienced uh, solicitor who has done bridging before. Um, quite quite often, you'll find that you know they're going to use a family solicitor who they've used for so many years, and it's and it's a loyalty thing, and and that and that's great. Yeah. Um, but sometimes uh, that loyalty can hinder 
that deal going through quite effect, quite quickly. Um, with the refinancing, so you know, developer exit, you know, finish an exit there, where you refinance an existing bridge and loan, things do go quicker because they 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 tend to go back to that original solicitor um, and working hand in hand with the lender. There are you know certain instances views can be taken. A perfect example with unsearches. Um, yeah. Um, that, that's a perfect example where um, if it's a refinance, as a lender, we can take your view and say, well, actually, these were done originally for the original finance. We're happy to look at some type of indemnity policy to protect us. And that saves a lot of time as well. Yeah. Well, listen, Amjad, uh, I'm sure there'll be many people watching uh, today that will find this hugely beneficial. Yeah. Um, but really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming in. No problem at all. Thank you for having me.